Welcome to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Welcome, everybody, back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. I am John Trapalski, the co-host here, standing to my right, as always, as Chris likes to say, my right-hand man, um, Chris Pacuro, CPA, and everything else. How are you doing, Chris? I am wonderful. Happy holiday, almost holiday season. How are you doing? Oh, don't skip forward too much. We just passed Halloween. We got Turkey Day coming up, and then, uh, then basically all the fun starts. But before we get off on too many sidetracks, we got a great topic for today. If you did not look into the show notes, stop being lazy. The first one, it's right in front of you. But if you didn't, I'm going to tell you about it. Capital loss harvesting. So before I literally hand it over to Chris, the guy will give you everything you need to know about it. We won't really get into too, too much detail or we will, but either way, this show won't be extremely long, a little bit briefer than others. But Chris, if we give, well, first off, let's do a really your explanation of this, but then also let's tie in how this is so, or not how this is so important, but why this is so important now that we're at the end of the calendar year and how that really plays into annual tax planning. Absolutely. Capital capital gain and capital loss management is very important when it comes to tax planning and strategy, especially here in the last quarter of the year. So the timing of this is important. I don't know why we didn't do this in episodes one to four, but a real brief history on why we brought this up into the forefront on episode five. My nine-year-old son, Luke, him and his uh, baseball team buddies all collect baseball cards. And admittedly, I do too. Some of the dads do. Anyway, he listens to a sports card collecting podcast and part of the podcast. Um, yeah, we turned our kids on to podcasts early, Jane. I wish Teaching Tax Slow was his favorite podcast. We're number two after the Sport Card Investor podcast. But anyway. He better have given us a five star or we're going to have to have a little dinner chat with him. We're going to talk with him. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to take away his French fries from dinner. But, uh, but Luke said, Dad, on my podcast, they mentioned a CPA and how the value of these collectibles is is going down and and people are selling them, even if they lost a lot of money. And it hit me. Capital loss harvesting. Some of these sport card collectors are obviously trying to take a tax deduction for the losses they've experienced in their investment. That could be a collectible, like a sport card, like a comic book, it could be a stock. It could be a bond. It could be some type of cryptocurrency. It could be any real estate. It could be any type of investment that you have experienced a loss of value. So really, capital loss harvesting is exactly what it sounds, right? Like you you harvest a crop at the end of the year or, or at the end of the season. So basically, you're taking any of your investments that may have decreased in value, whether minimal or significant, we can dive into that a little bit, or, or obviously there's strategy around it, but you're really just collecting that, kind of getting it off your books and claiming that as a loss in this situation, correct? Correct. And we're going to tie this into the teaching tax flow ecosystem. So as we come into the year end, like we said, if you are a red diagnosis, meaning you are in general, a high marginal tax rate, you are obviously looking for some type of tax deductions. And sometimes a deduction could be something that offsets Uh, normal income or could offset capital gain income. So when we're talking about red diagnosis, capital loss harvesting, that's in our book that, as you know, we diagnose prescribe as capital harvesting capital losses as a prescription that we call an advanced prescription. So this is typically something you're going to work with someone on your board of directors to execute, typically your, your tax professional and your financial advisor. 
And it's also a plus. A plus means that it's not, you're not deploying any additional assets to harvest the loss. You're just repositioning the assets you have. And because you're recognizing a capital loss, you're recovering tax dollars. So the tax flow exceeds the cash flow. And that's the capital loss harvesting. Now, we're going to talk about when it makes sense and some of the limitations, um, because there are limitations as far as, one, how much in capital losses you can recognize in a year, and two, what type of capital losses that uh, that could be harvested. And so as far as for executing on, on this component of a strategy, is this something that, I mean, you really don't want to do anything shooting from the hip you know, I really, there's never a great time for that with anything, but when would be a bad time to do this? Is this something you, you you know, you want to be sitting out for some drinks on December 31st and you're, Oh boy, this is a great time to do this. Um, talk to us, talk to us <laughs> through that a little bit. I know that's kind of the extreme, but obviously you're, you're tomorrow is a new day when you're looking at the end of the year. Correct. Right? Well, one thing to get, I, first of all, I'm, I think I'm going to try to hang out with you on new year's. Every example you have is some guy at 10 PM on new year's with a, with a martini. Admittedly, I can't, I don't even think I was awake the past couple, <laughs> couple of years, but so clearly I'm not thinking about this. So sleeping. let's make, let, let's lay out some, some ground rules here. Ta- you never want the tax tail to wag the dog. So we're not harvesting capital losses unless it makes sense for us in our bigger financial and tax planning picture. Okay. When you have losses, and let's, let's just use the example of a brokerage account right now. So you have stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and account. If the value of the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, let's just call them assets, is less than what your cost basis is, in general, what you paid for them, there are some exceptions when you inherit assets, you have unrealized losses. That means they've got the, the, the prices or the values gone below what you paid. You might have unrealized gains as well. From a tax perspective, you do not pay tax on your unrealized gains and you do not get a deduction from your unrealized losses. So the strategy of harvesting capital losses means that you're actually recognizing or realizing that capital loss. So breaking it down and dumbing it down a little bit. So say, let's just use an even number. Let's say you invested $100,000 and it went down 10%. So now now your, your value is 90, right? And let's just say that's kind of all all encompassing. So say you harvest your capital losses. Is your new base 90 going into the next year? How, do, how does that, how does, how does harvesting them in one year affect the following year? Well, that's a good question. We're going to talk about some of those limitations. So what happens is, is the year you, the year that you harvest the capital loss is the year from a tax perspective that you recognize the capital loss on your tax return. All right. So that's step one. Step two, then, is how much of that capital loss can you utilize in the current year? So capital losses first offset any capital gains that you have that year. So if you have a a large capital gain, capital loss harvesting is very attractive. If you do not have any capital gains or your capital losses that that you realize exceed your capital gains, there's a limit of how much you can deduct in the current year. For joint tax filers, that's $3,000. For singular head of household and married filing separate, that's $1,500. So that, that excess realized loss amount is limited. Now, let's say, for example, you have no capital gains. You have a $10,000 realized capital loss this year. 
3,000 and you're married, $3,000 of that would be deductible in 2022. The remaining $7,000 doesn't go away. It gets pushed into the future to be utilized against future capital gains or you get the $3,000 deduction in that case until it expires. Excellent. So you have, so if you, if you obviously have an amount over what that limitation is, you're pulling from that at your, your max within the limitation for the, for the current year. But that's a great point that they don't, it's not the, the use it or lose it, you know, one-time deal, right? Exactly. Stretch them out as needed. It's capital loss carry for it. And that's a, just a tax tip. If you change tax softwares, if you change tax preparers, Make sure that your new prepare or the new software that you're using, review your prior year return because I've seen instances where if, if the CPA firm doesn't do a proper onboarding or the person changes from one tax software to the other, that they forget they had this big capital loss carry forward. And the IRS, I've yet to see the IRS remind someone of it. Oh, yeah. Darth so, Vader, as we call them, at a, at a later episode, most likely, right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's why harvesting these gains or realizing these, rather, harvesting these losses or realizing the losses is valuable in the current year. Not only that, but you still get to use those losses in the future year. Why is that important? We're going to talk about this in a future episode. But in general, the sentiment is that tax rates are going to increase in the future. So that $3,000 deduction in 2029 if it carries forward, it's more valuable than now. So even looking at, I know you mentioned crypto specifically. So that's that's something that's newer, newer on the table, I'd, I'd imagine in your world, just like everybody else on the investment side, but looking at something that's a little more commonplace. So looking at IRAs, 401ks, so those being retirement accounts. So how much, and I know we, we teased a little bit there, but how much does this really apply to retirement accounts? But not not just how much does it apply, but is it the same strategy in place with that? Talk us a little bit through that, because I'm sure that's something that a lot of listeners have that they might not realize you know, capital loss harvesting applies to that or, or anything around it, it. That's a great point. So unfortunately, losses that have occurred in a retirement account, if you, if you realize them, are not deductible on your personal tax return because that those assets are growing tax deferred in the, in the example of, a, of an IRA or a 401k and a Roth are growing tax free. So those, those gains and losses that are realized uh, in, uh, in those retirement accounts really don't play a role in the tax planning piece. So okay. those are really, so not only are your, your taxes deferred, so are your gains and losses. Is, is, am I hearing that correct? Or, or no, that work it, it, not really. What's happening is if you have a loss in a retirement account and you realize the loss, or if you have a gain in a retirement account and you realize the gain, that has nothing to do with your personal return. Perfect. Okay. You recognize income from retirement accounts, assuming that they're tax deferred when, when you take money out of the account. That's what happens in the account is irrelevant to harvesting capital gains. You're just kind of watching from the sidelines for the most part. Exactly. I mean, it's an important part of your financial plan, but not from a tax perspective. Um, the, the only thing I would mention on that is, and this, this kind of ties into uh, another tax planning opportunity. And we, we talk about pairing, you know, pairing different uh, strategies. But if you do have assets that have significantly been reduced and you in, in an IRA or 401k and you feel like they will go up later, you might want to convert those to a Roth and just pay the tax and lock in the tax on that depreciated value. But again, 
Let's focus on capital loss harvesting because we are any capital losses that occurred in the calendar year that you're in are reported on that calendar year's tax return. We talked about some of the, the, the these losses that are harvested within retirement accounts really don't play a role in the strategy. The other thing you have to be aware of is something called wash sale rules. And what that means is that if you recognize or realize a capital loss, to be able to deduct that loss, you have to wait a, a period of time before you can reacquire that asset. And that's probably and, something and that, a lot, loss. that a lot of individuals don't know as well, too. And, and to be totally honest, this is actually a new a new term to me as well. So we're talking about specifically wash sale rules. So if anybody wants to take a guess at what that means, I'm, I'm, sure, it, I'm sure it has something to do with the name itself. But but walk us through that a little bit. I mean, give, give us, you know, obviously you mentioned there, there's a time, a timeline or timeline or a timetable involved in that. So what would we be looking at with the wash sale rule? Well, let's say you sell a, a stock for a loss and you realize that capital loss. The wash sale rules prohibit um, selling that investment for a loss and replacing it with the same or substantially identical investment 30 days before or after the sale. So you can't sell, I can't unload all my crypto and then purchase it again in 24 hours. Well, you can, but you're not going to be able to deduct that loss. Bingo. So okay. definitely take a look and talk to the people on your centers of influence about those wash sale rules. Now there are, that term substantially identical is something to examine. So if you, if you like something in, in a similar industry, there's a ways to reposition those assets to avoid that substantially identical investment category. Okay. So, or, you know, again, the plan, we, we say, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. The, but the point is really look at your situation, especially in this year that we're coming to the end of 2022, where there's been a lot of fluctuation, not only you mentioned in crypto, uh, but in, in the stock market, where there could be some capital losses that have been, that are ripe to be realized. Mm -hmm. And as long as that fits into, like I said, your overall investment and tax plan, we strongly recommend Harvesting those losses, especially if you have a law, if you have a capital gain in that given year, hmm. and this, and not to not to to you know beat the dead horse, but yeah, this I'm I'm super intrigued with this wash sale rule because if it's something that you're not familiar with, you're not planning for, that could really be a rude awakening come tax time, right? So that thank you for bringing that up. That's a that's a great example. Absolutely, and we'll put a link to wash sale rules in the show notes um, so that you could check that out. <clears throat> Want to wrap up by by mentioning one thing that you mentioned. Uh, we talked about so big picture. Why do we like capital loss harvesting? Red diagnosis. It's a plus, so it doesn't cost you cash outlay. It's actually a plus because you recover tax dollars that would be paid. It's an advanced tax strategy, so typically you can you you are working with a professional to execute it. Some people could do it on their own. The things to be aware of are the wash sale rules. Losses within a pre-tax account like an IRA or 401k are not going to qualify for the capital loss harvesting. And cryptocurrency, as long as it's not in some type of retirement account, can be sold and those capital losses be realized. So any capital loss. So you could have a capital loss from a piece of cryptocurrency and offset a gain, a capital gain from the sale of a piece of raw land or rental property. And that's where we really have to look at the tax flow versus cash flow. And this is why we wanted to move this, other than Luke 
mentioning these, these collectibles. This is why we want to move this episode up so that people have at least a 30-day window to take a look at their portfolio, take a look at their tax projection and figure out, should I harvest capital losses this year? Final thing to remember, if your capital losses exceed your capital gains, it's okay. You can still deduct if married 3,000, if not 1,500 in the current year, the rest carries forward. And a lot of times we have taxpayers we talk to that maybe sell property on land contracts. So they already know they're gonna have capital gains built in to their plan moving forward. So it's okay to have a have that tax that loss carrying forward, it doesn't go away, so. Excellent, well, thank you for diving into that. And thank you everybody for joining in on this show as we dive into capital loss harvesting and the wash sale rule. I think that was great. That was a great piece of advice, great piece of you know info, little nugget to take with you. Um, and again, thank you everybody for joining us. Um, if you haven't had a chance to go back a little bit, now that we're, we're real building up our content on these shows, um, go back and listen to some of them. There's some great ones, um, I think, maybe our, our most popular one was actually around LLCs. So if, if that's related to you or you had built that into your plans or you had some questions on that, definitely check it out. If you are already a member of Teaching Tax Flow, as we've launched that out, um, I know there's a there's a select group of, of people that we've had to get on there and really help us build that. We're continuing to add content as we really take that out um, and expand on it. Please let us know what you think. If you have any interest or any, I should say, any questions on what teaching tax flow is, please reach out to us. A great way to do it is on social media um, or send us an email. Um, you know, that's always a, always a pretty easy thing. It's just hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Shoot us any thoughts, any questions. We would love to hear from you. But I can't forget about saying, I know I know your son, I, he had to have left us a five-star review. I find it hard to believe that he came up. But regardless of the case, we know you guys love this content. Don't lie to us. So leave a five-star. Exactly. And I will make sure Luke does that. <laughs> Thank you. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for your time. And we will talk to you in episode six. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you next week as always. 